podcast episode 42. This is the first time I've been unwell in quite a while. If you're a regular listener from the beginning, you'll remember that at least one of us was terribly ill for the first 10 episodes or so. Do you remember that, Gareth? Uh, no, that's weird. I wonder why I don't remember that. You were you were quite ill as well, the first 10 episodes. Yeah. Guy would get ill every now and then and I would get quite ill. The first three episodes, I was terribly ill. I had to keep muting the microphone. Like this. <laughs> That was a really bad example. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I was sent home from work today because apparently I looked awful. Don't know if it's anything to do with me having the flu though. Um, quite nice. Uh, you may expect the bastards I do this show with to say, Hey Rob, if you're unwell, why not give tonight a miss? But they didn't, hence the reason they are bastards. <laughs> so who are these bastards I'm thinking of? Thinking? No, I'm actually speaking of. I feel so crap. <laughs> <laughs> Today is a Halo special in honour of the Master Chief Collection being released on Tuesday and so the introductions will follow that formula and have a reference to Halo in some way. My first co-host is no stranger to crash landing in a ring. Basically an anal sex reference loosely tied into the fact that Halo is a ring-shaped weapon and also gays have anal sex. So in doing this joke, I'm also questioning sexuality. Not that that's a bad thing. Don, how's your girlfriend? Oh, fuck's sake. Has <laughs> it gone bad? No, oh, listening, is she? No, all, all good, thanks. I just thought you were figured you must be talking about Gareth with that intro. I have oh, my fingers crossed it wasn't me. Oh, okay. damn it. Uh, does she deserve a halo like an angel, Don? Ah, uh, yeah, of course. Next up is Gareth. <laughs> Gareth's girlfriend can often be found riding a warthog. Uh, <laughs> if you say, <laughs> Gareth, Gareth. <laughs> Is a warthog riding in a sexual <laughs> position where the female sits atop the male and lowers herself slowly onto the phallus. And the warthog <laughs> is a vehicle used by the good guys in the Halo franchise. It is also named <laughs> one of the most hideous beasts in the animal kingdom. How are you feeling today, Gareth? I would have thought I'd be jealous of uh, Don's implying he was no, homosexual. I'm quite, but... I'm quite pleased with mine now, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got your nephew there, he's round your nan's house as well. He was, yeah. He's uh, he's trying to learn potty training. He's not quite got it yet. Peed it on the carpet at least four times. Well, we'll probably get it before you do, Gareth. <laughs> oh. So you're living your two and a half men uh, fantasy. With no, young boy not a fantasy what, at all. What is two and a half men? It's a shit. Uh, is, is he related to one of them? Yeah, he's the uh, the shit one's kid, isn't he? Oh, okay. I'm Rob and I'm ill. You could say I'm as white as a ghost. A ghost is a convenient vehicle in Halo. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you're getting, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, Gareth may have to do one of his disclosures at the beginning, guys. What were your favourite sex movies as a child? Disclosure, <laughs> Basic Instinct or Sliver? Um, sl- Wait, what? Sliver was <laughs> where he kind of had uh, cameras placed up around their apartment and he watched her and stuff. Disclosure, was that a Michael Douglas film, Don? Uh, with yes, Moore. I think. 
And basic instinct was Sharon Stone and Michael Douglas. Yeah. Which Why one of was those I... was a Halo reference, though? That's what I'm asking I, myself. Uh, I think it was disclosure, uh, that you'd give a disclosure at the beginning of the podcast to say what's going on. Oh. So I, I used that. I was really... I've drunk a lot of kind of remedies, like lem sip and stuff. So a lot of the links don't make sense. Great. But that's right. You know, why did they choose Michael Douglas in those roles? Because, you know, you're thinking about it, looking back, he's not like a sex god or a sexy guy. Well, he was, he's kind of infamous for shagging all of his kind of co-stars, oh, the female yeah. ones at least anyway. He got Kathleen <coughs> Zeta-Jones. Yep. Yeah. Something like that. So as I mentioned earlier this week, <laughs> the arrival of the Master Chief Collection, and you can bet that at least one of us has been playing it. And what a show we have lined up for you today. First, as always, there is the news. Nothing seems to be working. What are the developers doing? That wasn't the actual news, just a little taste. Then to mark our <laughs> Halo celebration, we will be talking about our own experiences with the franchise. Then will be our new section, what has Gareth done this, like, this week in his independent life? Has he cleaned the toilet, mopped the floor, done some washing? I know I can hardly wait either. And then we finish, as we do every week, Talking about what have we been playing? So how are you feeling this week, guys? Yeah, good mate. Have a good week. <laughs> you two have had coughs throughout the few weeks, but they haven't really descended into proper colds, have they? No, no, I'm I don't really have one anymore. Secret is to not go outside and not be around disgusting little kids all day. Yeah, that <laughs> <Hey>. help. <laughs> I do work in a school, so if yep. anyone's saying that wasn't a reference to anyone's, you know, children. No. That was no. <laughs> you're disgusting kids no wonder you kill all the time uh, anyway what it's been a pleasant week for everyone and now we're going to go on to the news uh. <laughs> <laughs> Call of Duty Advanced War Cell outsells, outsells Destiny Titanfall and Wolfenstein. So this is a bit um, a bit of a surprise. I didn't think it would um, beat Destiny, Gareth. Well, it has. Not only has it beat all those games, but it's beat all of their combined week one sales. That can't be right. That can't be. Destiny was like the newest selling IP, biggest selling new IP ever or something. Yeah, Call of Duty's not a new IP though. (laughs) It's not, but it's still a juggernaut, Gareth, to sell that amount of copies. Yeah, well it's fucking good this year according to literally everybody who's reviewed it, so why wouldn't yeah. people get into it? You know, it was a juggernaut two years ago, they put out Ghost which no one really liked. It wasn't really a juggernaut so... that was more of a JCB <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you just wait a year for a good one to come out Yeah. And then you go, apparently it sold uh, 14% more week one units than Titanfall, Wolfenstein and Destiny combined Wow, that's that's still some serious money. But, you know, for once, it actually deserves it. And I will put my hands up and say, well done. I don't know if that's what you do, you put your hands up and say, well done. <laughs> but I'm going to do it. You'll drop the iPad, though, if you do that. So do you want <laughs> I'm a not time? standing there with the iPad in my hands, awkwardly. I've got a stand for it, Gareth. You can get stands nowadays. All right. Mr. I live in the past. <laughs> that's my name. Right, so will you be picking it up, uh, Gareth? I'm tempted, uh, but as you know, money's not uh, easy to come by, and neither is internet, so no. uh, there won't be much point in me getting it now. 
Plus PC, it's not the same. I feel that's a console game, and I don't have a new console, so... You're going to get one soon, though, Gareth, for ah. this Christmas. Ooh. And if you don't, that means your girlfriend doesn't love you as much as she claims. <laughs> so... Lovely. That's nice. Don's getting a Xbox One this Christmas. I know that for a fact. If he's putting in the work, <laughs> you should be getting that soon, pretty soon, mate. <laughs> Thanks. I'm working on it. Just to put this, uh, this Call of Duty launch in perspective... Even though it sold 14% more in its first week than Titanfall, Wolfenstein, and Destiny combined, it's only the fifth biggest selling Call of Duty at launch. Wow. How Jeez. crazy is that shit? Well, people have a bit more choice, I suppose. <laughs> this year? I guess. Oh, I don't know. <clears throat> that doesn't really make much sense, I know. I'm... Yeah, ignore me. No, no, it does make sense, Don. Don't put yourself down because there's been quite a few games been released around this time. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people were kind of saving up for Christmas and, you know, it comes, you know that's not. I'm trying to stick up for you, mate, but it comes yeah, out the same it's, time it's... every year. <laughs> so it's not like they've just shifted the release date. <clears throat> Sorry, Don, but you're wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Starcraft 2 Legacy of the Void announced at BlizzCon. You would love to go to something like that, wouldn't you, Gareth? Of course I would. Why wouldn't you? I mean, Metallica were playing. Yeah. That's the thing. Long-haired uh, people with beards. Beards, yeah. I love a good beard. Yeah, uh, Metallica but... got beards as well and long hair. That's true. Yeah. Peas in Same. a pod. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't just a new StarCraft game that was announced. They also <laughs> announced uh, a brand new IP, which is crazy for Blizzard. Uh, and they named it the most generic thing you've ever heard, Overwatch. Overwatch. Okay. Well, it's a, a team-based first-person shooter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not had any of them lately. Nope. It's a <laughs> it's a new genre that Blizzard are breaking into. Uh, it's been likened to Team Fortress Two. Oh, that's nice. There's, there's not been a game like that out before, apart from Team Fortress Two, which is free and yeah. has been out for many years. And that is quite like Team Fortress 2, isn't it? It's it's similar. Similar. <laughs> yeah, that's quite nice. Apparently um, um, Overwatch carries some gameplay from Titan. Because, you know, they cancelled Titan, as we uh, well, yeah. reported on this show a few weeks ago. Um, yeah. And that was going to be like a first-person style MMO. Apparently they just ripped a load of stuff out of Titan and put it into this. So, you know, that's, this makes sense for him. That does make commercial sense because you're using assets that you've already developed, Gareth. Yeah, my only issue is the assets they have look kind of shitty. It's like a cartoony art style, which yeah. I don't really like. It's, it well, reminds me a lot of Zelda, Gareth, and you know people <laughs> end up loving that. That is true, but this is very like it's more Sunset Overdrivey style. Oh, awful game! <laughs> Still get shivers down my spine whenever anyone mentions it. Is that not because you got the flu? <laughs> yeah, I think I got it off Sunset Overdrive. You get shivers down your spine when you're uh, doing a headstand and then the oh. uh, diarrhea kicks in. Gareth, that's really rude. <laughs> right, <laughs> Warcraft. What is wrong with you? I swear whenever you look for news stories, as long as it's got Warcraft or Blizzard in it, you just click on it. Well, because this was interesting. Not really. Warcraft oh. has confirmed character details for its large ensemble cast. Okay, that... <laughs> That wow. is a very boring headline, I'll give you that. That's okay, well, make it interesting then. That's your job. They showed the first trailer for the Warcraft film to a closed audience there. 
uh, a closed audience. Yep, which means you know the trailer's not online. But according yep. to everyone in the audience, it actually was good, which seems pretty much impossible. Yeah, so is it going to be kind of like a Lord of the Rings esque otherworld fantasy epic? Yeah, I mean, you basically just wrote the film, I think, <laughs> for, Thank you for that description. I should probably pass it on to them. Ah, I'm sure they'll figure it out for themselves. They listen to this podcast, everybody does. Right? Yeah, everyone. It should become uh, compulsory to listen to it. Yeah, I mean, you don't get to 301st on iTunes without getting a few listeners. I'm actually starting to think that we may be a bit higher than for 301st, maybe 298, because it doesn't seem that they update it too often. There's a lot of podcasts in the top 10 that haven't been updated for years. Yeah, there's like yeah. the One Up podcast, and One Up hasn't been a website for like three years. <laughs> yeah, so it does give me hope that people do listen. Yeah, I, I got yeah. that. I, right. I, I'm okay with that hope. Uh, and then, obviously, the other big news was StarCraft Two Legacy: The Void, which is a we StarCraft game. Yeah, uh, StarCraft is a game that I have a love hate relationship with. Oh dear, a bit um, like love. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the thing about StarCraft is the worst part about it is playing it. Yeah. I like playing That's StarCraft. That's not good for a game, is it? No. I like no. playing StarCraft because I get to have conversations about StarCraft with people. Yeah. That's kind of the best reason. Like, it's not been fun to watch in <coughs> tournaments for years now because people have, like, sussed it. And this expansion is coming probably, like, a year and a half too late. So everyone's yeah. kind of stopped giving a shit about StarCraft. And the the new units they've shown and the new, uh, like the race tweaks they've shown, racist don't look that don't look that interesting. Like Zerg get two brand new units, Terran get two brand new units, Protoss gets one brand new unit, and then everything else is pretty much the same. Which they need to overhaul that game's multiplayer like in a big way to get people reinterested. Cause... So are you saying people sort of they don't play it as it as a game? They kind of play it robotically. Yeah, kind of. Like, that game's, in some form or another, you know, StarCraft 2 has been out for, like, what, four or five years now? Yeah. People have figured it out, and unless you do something crazy to the multiplayer, people aren't going to change the ways they play, because they know those ways win. Like, Protoss will always foregate, because that wins. Zerg will yeah, always, obviously. Yeah. Zerg <laughs> will always, uh, like, pool 13, hatch 14, because that's just the most optimal way to get a second hatch. Oh, tell you me know, about it. All this stuff is just, it's already been figured out, so... You need to get a second hatch as soon as possible, don't you? <laughs> it's all about multiple hatches, everyone knows this. Yep. Uh, but they, they released like a very, very pretty trailer with lots of CG in it. Which has nothing to do with the game whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. basically. We know it goes. Uh, Don, <laughs> are you ready for the Mario Kart 8 packs <clears throat> to be um, dropped on you? I... I'll have to dig out my Wii from underneath the hey. stuff hey. in the corner. But yeah. Is, is that what she's called now? <laughs> oh, he's saying you dig her out. Gareth. Gareth, Gareth. Gareth's been really lewd today, hasn't he? He's been quite lewd. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I think I you thought... should feel. He thinks he's so big now. I'm independent. I can use swear words and stuff. <laughs> I'll, be, you know? I'll be quiet for this Mario Kart 8 bit. Here fine. he goes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the Mario Kart 8, it's actually announced last week, but uh, yeah, so the, the, de- the date for the actual first DLC pack has been announced. And the more tenacious amongst you uh, will have noticed that it's actually tomorrow, the 13th of 
November 2004. Oh, you start digging it out now, my Or friend. today, if they're listening to it, the day it actually comes out. Yeah. In fact, yeah, if you listen to this on Thursday, <laughs> it's out already. <clears throat> Get on with it. Um, yeah, so uh, there's a couple of new tracks in there. Um, a Excite Bike, uh, excuse me, Excite Bike theme track, uh, Zelda theme track as well, I think, with the castle. Uh, as well as vehicles from Zelda F-Zero and Excite Bike as well. And uh, all the Amiibo stuff should start working um, with the latest update that they stuck out, I think. Can you actually yeah. get Amiibos yet? Because I haven't seen any in shops. Um, I think you can order them from the Nintendo store, but I'm not sure how soon they're actually uh, chucking them out to people. Um, but it's, uh, yes, I think it's the first game that it's compatible with, uh, that they're compatible with. And you get a little... A little uh, outfit for each for your me um, with with each one that you uh, you tap on your oh, pad. That's that's just so heartwarming. They're actually that pretty love. cool. The outfits. Yeah, they're pretty cool to be honest. Um, and then they will of course work with uh, the forthcoming Smash Brothers Wii U. Excellent. Uh, which looks quite nice. Well, um, something that's come along that was quite out of the blue. I don't know if it was just me who thought it was out of the blue. Is the um, remake of Majora's Mask. Oh, yeah. That was Which, fucking... you know, we've spoken to Rory about it in the past, and he said he preferred it over Ocarina of Time. And it's really, like, divided opinions of Zelda fans, hasn't it? Gareth, I think you prefer Majora's Mask as well, didn't you? I love Majora's Mask so much. You've got a 3DS, though, haven't you? I do. And so I've you just been waiting. These four years that I've had it, I've been waiting for a game to get for it. <laughs> this might yeah. be that game. Yeah, it might <laughs> be. It's a special edition pack with uh, some nice little bits and pieces in there as well. I know. There's like a little a mini little... Majora's Mask thing. That... Yep. Oh, it looks it's pretty cool. It's a poster you can put in your room. Or you can put it anywhere you want now, Gareth, because you've got your own place. You can even put it in the kitchen. That's true. Go... That poster's really nice as well. You can go out in the street and put it onto a lamppost. No, 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 Dom. Improve your community. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> but at the same time, Dom, what you're saying there... You know, I was saying it was because he's not just confined to one room now, is he? He's got the whole place. So, but he could have still put it on a lamppost if he lived at home. Okay? <laughs> Don, you're getting a lot of things wrong today, and I'm supposed to be the one to see all. <laughs> Hang on, I'm going to go off! <laughs> there we go. Right, so Super Smash Bros. pre-ordered more than Mario Kart 8 on Wii U. Oh... That's like saying, I don't know, do an insulting joke, Gareth. <laughs> an analogy for that. Uh, in what vein? I think that's good. That's like saying more people would like to catch AIDS than Ebola. Is it? Oh, man. What it's did you like just say? I know I mentioned Ebola, and I'm sorry, you know, it's a really bad epidemic at the moment. Oh, it's not an epidemic, is it? No, because um, about 12 people have had it so far. You can't call that an epidemic. <laughs> not really. But I'm saying it's not really a. I don't even know. It's not a. What is? What would you say, Gareth? It's not a uh, measure of success that it's been pre-ordered more than Mario Kart. Why is it not? Because you know you're comparing it to a game on a system that not many people pre-ordered in the first place. Yeah, but if Mario said, Kart Eight basically doubled Wii U sales, and now this has been pre-ordered even more than that. Have you pre-ordered it yet? No, I'm going to buy it on the day. Well, how are you going to get an Xbox One as well? Why would I get an Xbox One? Because you've got an Xbox 360. <laughs> that's the way it works, isn't it? Yeah, that's how it works. Are you going to get a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One, <laughs> Gareth? 
I would rather a PS4. Oh, a lot of people say that. It's strange. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The conversation seems to have taken a bit of a left turn. Thank you. It's better than right wing. <laughs> you are really ill, aren't you? <laughs> Just Cause 3, officially announced by Square Enix, or some people call them Squeenix. Um, it's been announced by Square Enix. A follow-up to 2010's open world title, Just Cause 2, will launch in 2015 on all of the next generation uh, consoles. I quite liked Just Cause 2. Fantastic. I, I really did like it. A lot of people... Um, it, it didn't deserve to be in the kind of lower... Um, bracket of open world games because I think it was really good and the grappling hook was great and you know I'm, I'm quite surprised it's taken so long to get out of another sequel really five years it's been yeah it doesn't feel like that the first yeah. one was awful I didn't like it at all yeah a lot Lord of people did didn't either yeah. I never played it no um, but the second one it improved so much it was like one of the most improved sort of sequels out there <laughs> That's when I need to cough, so it's not me making a weird sort of thing to try and mock you, Gareth. Okay, good. <laughs> Don, you're a Just Cause fan? No. No? Have you played Just Cause 2? No. It's, it's I haven't played Just Cause. I haven't yeah. Just Cause 1 either. It just didn't interest me at all. It's a bit like Infamous. It, it, well, it reminded me of that game for some reason. I don't know why. But um, it, It's strange because not a lot didn't... of people gave it the chance. Yeah, that didn't, it didn't interest me. I just didn't. Just didn't have zero interest in it. But those that did, you know, the amount of messing up you can, messing about you can do, jumping on a plane and then grappling off it or sort of free falling down a um, a waterfall, it's really good. So and uh, yeah, I'm surprised it didn't get a sequel sooner or a third iteration. Some um, of the, like, some of the, the graphics in that game aren't like the best in the world, but some, somehow they managed to make that world look the best any world has ever looked from as high up as possible. Like, yeah, the draw distance is great. If you get a helicopter, fly up to as high as you can go and then just jump out, it looks incredible, like almost photorealistic. I don't know how they managed it when the rest of the game looks okay. Yeah. I think it's just that sense of scale, isn't it? Just looking and seeing the trees through the distance. Yeah. I was really impressed by it. And I mean, it's not like... um, Grand Theft Auto, where the map is the size of a city, you know, it's like the map in Just Cause 2 is the size of a continent. Yeah. And then you just fucking go. Yeah. Mental. That game is so good. Oh, Don, you should play Just Cause 2. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Sure. Well, that was easy. <laughs> if I'd known it was that easy, I would have been listing games every week. God damn it. If you buy me any any of these games, I will gladly play them. I think I have a copy of Just Cause 2 in my Humble Bundle account that was like two quid. Oh, but that means I need a PC to run on. And I don't have that. You will do. Oh, so I have to buy you a PC? Yeah, yeah. oh, that'd be lovely. Yeah. Thanks, Gareth. Really nice. Oh, I'm nice committed to that now. That's, Cheers. Yeah. That's not good. Well, um, the Game Awards has been announced by Jeff Keighley. Uh, touted as a way to celebrate the cultural significance of the world's most dynamic form of entertainment the VGX Rivals first show will air on the Axis Theater in Las Vegas you know all these video game awards they always manage to get it wrong or it's um, it's cringeworthy and I think in my opinion that's because game developers and game designers they're some of the most sort of inward people they're not they're not born entertainers if you will Mm mhm 
and you know it may be a stereotype to say that but people that <coughs> spend their time being geeks if you will and stuff they're not necessarily the most interesting people to listen to and when you try and get people from the outside who are entertainers they've got hardly any knowledge of the industry so you know they can be funny in their own terms but when it comes to our interests they're very loosely connected to it and i think that's the problem really and when i've seen these things in the past you've got someone being awkward and they're trying to be funny but it's not really going anywhere and the vgx awards i think it was last year that was a travesty wasn't it yeah just laughing well because... jeff Keeley, the guy who's uh, producing this was actually a co-host on those awards yeah so I, my hope is that he, because he's involved in all these video game awards and stuff with like Spike TV and all that shit, my hope is he's sort of going to do it properly, he's going to do it his way, because, you know, like last year they had Joel McHale hosting, and you don't get Joel McHale unless you want a sarcastic douchebag making jokes at everyone's expense the entire night. That's <laughs> yeah, his whole shtick. Yeah, and he was making jokes out of gamers. Yeah, that's that, but that's obviously what's going to happen if you get that guy. Whereas Jeff Keighley's yeah. like passionate. He's a nice guy. He sees video games as like, you know, like he says, uh, like the most dynamic form of entertainment in the world. So I hope that he can bring it together and be like something you're not embarrassed. It's to it's not watch. that guy. It's you know we're always having to kind of I don't know, but sort of what's the word where you, you have to make something you have to explain something and say oh it isn't so bad and it does this and it does that <coughs> what's the word i'm looking for make excuses yeah make it kind of the video game movie i watched that on netflix the other day and all it seemed to be was just a lot of people trying to explain games. And it wasn't really for gamers or the history of gaming. It was, hey, this is why gaming isn't evil. This isn't why gaming is so bad. And it was like, people that are watching it are going to be video game fans. We don't care about that. And we've got to get away from where we're so defensive of it hmm. and really celebrate it. And I don't think... I think in the next few years is when we're going to be able to do real gaming sort of awards because you'll have that generation of guys, I'm not talking about PewDiePie and these sort of idiots, I'm talking about people that have grown up with games and they've got a sense of humour of gaming. And, you know, I think that's going to be very important and you'll have that generation. And right now, I think the best way to do video games awards is to not be like this kind of American, yeah, come on, dude, that sort of um, humour. And it has to be quite straight-laced and just respect the format and respect it and stuff. But, you know, there's not many jokes you can make because it's all about the best design award and the best character award. And there's not much really there for you to be comedic about, if you know what I mean. Because gaming isn't funny. And a lot of these game shows, they're being presented as comedy events or haha, isn't this funny? Gaming's not at that level yet where it's hilarious and funny and let's poke fun at it. And that's why it's it's easy to do these different comedy awards for television and movies and have Ricky Gervais present them because there's a lot of material there to work with. Don't laugh, Gareth! You know I ramble sometimes when I don't know and I'm, it takes so long to get to the point. But you know what I mean. Gaming's still in its infancy. There's not enough material there. Uh, well, I don't know, like, Daryl O'Brien, for example. Oh, dear. Uh, he's 
a pretty avid gamer and he talks about it quite a lot. And Charlie Brooker, for example, you know. There are people out there talking about gaming in a thoughtful and interesting way. It's just, like, Charlie Brooker's gaming wipe or whatever, he's had, like, what, one of those in three years? Like, they just, those shows don't get made. Yeah, Yeah. because they're not interesting. Well, that plus we get, like, a billion of them a day free on YouTube. Yeah, by idiots. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So that's the problem. The idiots do so many of them that we don't, there's no one out there. It's so hard to sift through all the shit to get someone that actually knows what they're talking about. It's both humorous and very knowledgeable about the um, sort of industry. No, unlike those three, you might say. Thank you. I think, you know, <laughs> don't, don't laugh. As soon as you laugh, we lose our credibility. I think us three could do a really good show. See, look, there's ITV right now turning up outside Gareth's door to offer him a contract. <laughs> laughs. I need the work. <laughs> I don't yeah. care how much it's for. <laughs> right, so what, what's the next news story, Don? Uh, oh, Christ. Lego Jurassic Park teaser. Is there anything God, they yeah, want to Lego? You faded out a bit there. Just repeat that headline. <coughs> Lego Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park. Oh. teaser. There we go. They were ah. too busy with worrying about whether they could. They didn't stop to think about whether they should. <laughs> That's very apt. I'm kind of bored to death of everything being turned into Lego now. It's I don't know what's next. Lego Eastenders. <laughs> Lego Eastenders will be next. That be would a really be forlorn-looking Ian Beale from Eastenders. <laughs> Young Peggy Mitchell, old yeah. Peggy Mitchell. <laughs> Different hair. Oh dear! <laughs> <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I don't know. I'm I'm bored. You wouldn't play a Lego Jurassic Park game. You say this about every Lego game, Gareth. You wouldn't but play a game. It's just just the only the every time the collect only... everything, build stuff by holding X. Yeah. And that's it, you finish the game. That's it. And all this, it's the same every single time. The only downside is that there's not actually that many characters in the Jurassic Park films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not really. They'll add a shitload of dinosaurs to it to make up the numbers. And that'll be it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or we'll get Dr. Grant. Did you have the action figures of Jurassic Park? No. No. Wait, they were incredible. Jesus. Uh, you had Tyrannosaurus Rex and like, a bit removed from the side so you could see its ribs and its flesh. I don't know why that was. You got um, sort of that guy, Dr. Grant. Absolutely Jeff Goldblum, great. is that? Or is that the other guy? <coughs> Neil is Dr. Grant, yeah. Oh. I thought Gareth would be right up on his Jurassic Park, but he doesn't seem to be, does he? Well, I did start <laughs> this segment off with a Jurassic Park direct quote. Yeah, but you didn't know no Dr. Grant was. There's a lot of... The knowledge in my head. Okay, but you just don't know who the main characters are. <laughs> I know that, uh, you know, David Attenborough was uh, the main dude, Dr. Hammond. I don't think it was David Attenborough, was it? Oh, I was getting mixed up, was it? <laughs> no. Oh my God, he's crumbling. Christ. God, Jurassic Park's not your area, Gareth. Oh. You can only talk quite with quite a lot of authority on most films. I am definitely not a clever girl. Right You're not. <laughs> Thank you. You made me Jurassic. it, saved it. I've done a pun there. Right. <laughs> Infamous Plants vs. Zombies and Metal Gear Solid 5 
heavily discounted <laughs> on PS4. Heavily. So what does that even mean, Gareth? <clears throat> what it means is that if you want to play Metal Gear Solid Ground <laughs> Zeroes, then all you have to pay is £7.50. Wow. If you want to buy Rogue Legacy, mm-hmm. four quid. Oh my god. And if you want to buy, let's say, Zomb- Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare, yeah. £14. Oh, god. Did that, did that do the trick, did it? <laughs> I think I've just, yeah, that's it, it's done. Messy, you've messed yourself. <laughs> no, but you know, the likes of uh, Sleeping Dogs Definitive Edition for twenty three ninety nine, and that's the sort of price I would have expected it to be a first time, and I think that's a good price for that game. Great price for someone like Don, who's not played it before, I'm sure. Yep. Don, just they've, they've, it. they've also got Resogun on there for now for £4.80 instead of eleven ninety nine. so I will be picking that up. Plus, all the DLC for Resogun has also come down in the sale to one. Not being rude, though, Don, but you know, there's a lot of games coming out lately, and this. Yeah, um, there's a shitload coming out. It's ridiculous. I know. There's a game. There's a game called The Golf Club. Yeah. Shut up. There is. What the hell? There is. How did I not know about this until just now? Mate. Almost like it was made for you. Is it a prequel (laughs) to Drive Club? I think so, or it could be the bit afterwards. Or this the... is the DLC that adds in the golf bit. Yeah, dream, and that'll <laughs> only set you back twenty-one quid. Yep, I think. Yeah. Or fifteen fifty-nine now that it's on the sale. Wow. Yep. If you're a PS Plus member, but uh, I think that adds in an actual golf. You can actually drive to a golf club and then play golf. Fantastic! That's the perfect that is game. The... That is the perfect game. That's what Shigeru Miyamoto intended when he first created a little lad with a pointy hat and a sword. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's what he was thinking. Oh, yes. Uh, Nuthog launches on PS4 and PlayStation Vita in Europe later today. So it's probably now. It's out now! If you have friends, you should totally play Nidhogg with them. It's 11 99 Is it worth it? Hmm. Mm, If I have my PS Vita in my hands right now, I said to you, Gareth, I'm going to click on it. It's 11 99 Bear it in mind, you said the Raid Two wasn't worth eleven ninety nine on Blu-ray. The Raid Two is worth that. I just knew no, I was getting s- it for my birthday. Oh, okay. Go on in. Um, it doesn't have the best single player, but the multiplayer is. If you have a friend, do you have a friend, Rob? No. Shit. Not a friend with a Vita. It's hard enough to find friends that are gamers, let alone one with a niche handheld <laughs> that has no games released for it. <laughs> That is true. That's a that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe don't buy an Nidhogg, mate. Uh, what price would you say would be a kind of? Oh, snap that up. Uh, wait for the uh, the sale that's on now. Wait for that to affect Nidhogg next year. I'll fantastic. <laughs> that's absolutely fantastic. Well, that's the news. Is there anything else you want to get off your chest, Gareth? <coughs> you mean like you just did? Yeah, I've got a lot of phlegm on it. <laughs> I think we've pretty much covered it. Okay. What about you, Don? Have you covered it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll bet you have some. <laughs> All right, then. Well, that's the news for this week. Now on to today's feature. But before that, Gareth will be playing D-double-E Street Fighter Rhythm. <laughs> God's sake.
Alright everyone, it's weekly video music time with me Gareth. Uh, ignore what Rob just said, that's not the song we'll be playing. Um, so it's Halo week, uh, as we all know. And in keeping uh, with Halo week, I've picked a song from the Halo series. Uh, good for me. Um, I've picked a song from Halo Reach. Um, one of the probably lesser appreciated Halo games, as it wasn't part of the core franchise. Uh, but it's got some really good music in it, uh, some strong themes, and I've picked one of those uh, pieces of music for you today. So uh, stay tuned after this, obviously, for our discussion of the Halo series, what our favourites are, what our least favourites are. But until then, just enjoy from the Halo Reach original soundtrack, Ghosts and Glass. This Tuesday, um, a little game by the name of Halo. Hello. The... <laughs> there you go. I'm glad you've done that, Gareth, because that was a big feature in our um, podcast that got deleted, wasn't it? It was. It was. Oh <laughs> um, Halo, the Master Chief Collection, was released on Tuesday. I uh, just wanted to talk to the guys here about their feelings towards the Halo as a franchise as a whole, uh, where it's heading for the future. 
um, as I know it's quite a big deal for a lot of people. So Don, yo, Halo One. Yeah. What happened, mate? What happened was uh, uh, it uh, rescued Microsoft from hell. Um, not from hell, that's a massive, massive over-exaggeration. Yeah, it is. But it's, uh, yeah, it basically it's, uh, it uh, gave the Xbox One its absolute killer app um, that everybody who was anybody um, wanted it for. And that's yeah. for good reason, because it was fucking brilliant. And do you remember your first, uh, when you first came across it? Yeah, <laughs> fucking hell, is every, everything's going to, yeah, why am I even asking? Of course everything's going to be sex related. Yes, um, yeah, good. Um, uh, yeah, I do, it was, uh, I was living in Manchester at the time. Way! Uh, the woods. Um, <laughs> and uh, my brother's uh, mates, my brother was a student at the time, and his mates had Xboxes, and uh, they got it, and they had like, they used the system link cables to link their ones up in their different bedrooms so they could play multiplayer on that locally. Yeah. Which was a wicked little feature because you had full screen, uh, you know, versus modes, which is really good. Yeah. Um, and it just, it was the first game that I'd, um, first time I played on the Xbox, and uh, it looked awesome. And it was kind of really, really had a proper epic sense of scale to it. The music was amazing, really sold you the score, the kind of the feel of the whole, very filmic in feel. Yeah, um, and it was uh, yeah. It just felt a little bit different. It felt a bit fresh. It looked amazing for the time, and uh, the the whole conceit of the, this gigantic Halo ring um, was was very new and original at the time, and uh, it was awesome. Well, you know, for me, it was uh, a my sister had a boyfriend, um, and he I used to go to school with him, and he was one of these people that would buy frivolous objects, and he decided to get himself an Xbox. Um, I was big into gaming back then because I never left the house and I had a PlayStation 2 and he said oh I've got an Xbox he said it's crap I said okay he went oh I'll just play the PlayStation 2 I said what games have you got for it he said I've got Rally Sport Challenge and I've got Halo Hello. I said well could I borrow it oh Gareth and he said yes <laughs> so he bought it round in a massive bag because she was quite a heavy bitch <laughs> and uh, I looked it up <clears throat> and I just I was playing it, but I didn't really like it. I don't know oh. what it is. I'm one of these people that if this, the thing isn't mine, or I've lent it, I can't really engage with it. Like, if I lend a game from someone, I, very, I hardly play it. And if I do, and I do like it, then I'd go out and buy it myself. There's just something, knowing that it's not yours, someone could take it at any time. Yeah, and I kind of know what you mean, actually. Yeah. I like, um, to, I like the personal, this is mine, kind of. Yeah. yeah, so for that reason, I didn't really get too attached to it. And growing up as a PlayStation fanboy, anything like Microsoft, I kind of just dismissed out of hand because I wasn't too interested in it. And it was literally, I played it for about 20 minutes and then put it down. I was quite impressed, but didn't want to admit it to myself because I didn't want to think I had an inferior console. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he took it back a few days later. Gareth? Yeah. I'm assuming you played it. I have. I've played all three... No, 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 no. Sorry about this, Don. You always have to show off. What? I... <laughs> Were you just talking about the very first one? The first, our first intimate moment with the Halo franchise. It was probably on PC when it was released for PC, wasn't it? For Windows. <laughs> no. So, the first Halo is the only one of the three that I haven't completed. What? But I played the first maybe half of it. 
Jesus Christ. Um, this is terrible, Gareth. I you have an Xbox, Gareth. Pardon? Did you have an Xbox? No, so I played it on the 360. Um, when I got my 360, um, I started you know, delving back into the sort of Xbox archives to see what the best games were that had come out. So I got like, you know, Gears of War, the original, yeah. and worked my way through the Gears of Wars and all that stuff, and Halo was on that list. Uh, so that was my first time playing Halo was after I got my 360. Not the best time. No, that game was yeah. ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's that's the problem, Gareth. It's hard to go back in gaming, isn't it? Yeah, nobody... Nobody fucks down. Yeah. But if someone presented it to you as a kind of a, a labour of love made by one man um, in his bedroom and it had a hidden message behind it, you probably would have played it through to the end, wouldn't you? It's not. You, I feel like you think you're describing all indie games when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be honest, some of them aren't the greatest looking. Look at Nidhogg. Nidhogg looks great for a NES game. Which is, I think, yeah. what they were going for. <laughs> being attacked by the the flood. <laughs> uh, I haven't got to that bit yet. Um, but <laughs> you know, Halo Two that completely passed me by, and it completely passed Don by as well. Yeah, I, I didn't play it until after Halo Three. Yeah. Because um, I, I only picked up Halo 3 because Halo 4 was coming and I really wanted that for the 360, so I wanted to catch one story. So I picked yeah. up Halo 3 for cheap um, and played through that in an afternoon. Yeah. Um, and I watched the cutscenes from Halo 2 just so I knew what the story was, before on, like on YouTube, before, yeah. before playing Halo 3 just so I knew what the story was. And I was immediately put off the entire thing when it went into this, all this fucking religious bullshit about there suddenly being a religious cast in the Covenant and... The yeah. Arbiter, and I'm like, what, have you, what is this bullshit? The Covenant are just meant to be a bunch of fucking aliens that come along and fuck shit up. None of this... But they always tend they, to do that with sequels, don't just, they? They want to add more shit. Yeah, exactly. And they're meant to be a bunch of idiots who didn't really know what the Halo ring was, and, you know, hence them opening up the thing and releasing the flood and all that shit. And it's like, well, that kind of makes sense, because they're a bit thick, they don't really know what they're doing, they don't know what they got hold of with the Halo ring and all the rest of it. And then you come along to Halo 2, and suddenly, oh, hang on, there's this really intelligent religious cast and there's also a kind of a fighter cast or whatever they are you know the brutes and so on and what what's there was no need for any of that at all it's just yeah. overly complicated stuff and, and turned the covenant into something that they weren't originally and that's what i don't didn't like about it at all just suddenly the covenant are supposed to actually be slightly intelligent in some form but it just wasn't it just didn't fit in with the universe for my no. life well Gareth absolutely hated it. He played it after he played <laughs> Halo 1. Um, and it, it, the graphics, as he said before, were just subpar. I did complete 2, though. Well done, Gareth. Did you do that retrospectively? What, what do you mean? <laughs> um, did you play that just after you played Halo 1 halfway through? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I went from halfway through 1 straight to 2. Um, yeah. Two was better, I thought. Like you know, dual wielding's always cool, and yeah, the gameplay just felt a bit more in line with sort of. It felt like it was ever so slowly creeping towards modern shooters, um, yeah. but still, like the story, like the the sort of twist, the Metal Gear Solid Two esque twist, where you're playing as a different character than the main character. 
Yeah. It just felt so lazy and it was well, so it's hard dull. in a first-person shooter to kind of try and put across any kind of difference, if you know what I mean. It is, but like, you know, your main selling point is this nine-foot-tall guy in giant green body armour that kicks a load of ass. Yeah. And then you don't play as him for half the game. And, yeah. like, as, as crap as I thought the first Halo was, Master Chief is cool. He just is. He's just a big fuck-off dude who's incredibly strong and powerful and is in a cool your suit type. of armour. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's your kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Halo <coughs> Halo 3, that was the first sort of thing. <laughs> I remember Halo 2, my friend got an Xbox um, and he we set it up in his house and he was playing Halo 2 and he's like, oh, this is awesome. I was like, mm, not really. You know, oh, have a go. Yeah, it's all right. That sort of thing. <laughs> you don't want to mention it. It does feel quite good. Um and you know you, you're not jealous, so I just stuck to my PlayStation games. Um, Halo Three was the first sort of Halo that I played from start to finish, really, and I really enjoyed it. You know, I thought it was—I don't know—I just thought it was really well paced, a real challenge, and it was just a nice, nice game. <laughs> Don. The third one. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I was all right. I didn't particularly like the level designs that much. I wasn't that impressed with them. And um, yeah, I just, I mean, I, I really only played it just because I wanted to make sure I knew the story before um, I played it. <coughs> um, um, but it was, yeah, it was all right. I didn't totally hate it, but I, I didn't, you know, it didn't leave an impression on me that much at all. So um, you must have been all pumped up for Halo Four. Well, <laughs> done all this research. I, I know. But Halo 4, I mean, I'd seen obviously a load of trailers for it and a load of gameplay of it, and which is the first one that 343 Industries had done. Um, and um, it, it, Halo, yeah, I loved Halo 4, actually. It was, it was yeah. kind of my second favourite Halo. Um, well, I played Halo Reach as well. I did actually kind of like that, although yeah. I only played that once it came for free on the Xbox, uh, <laughs> the Xbox Live thing. Um, but Halo 4, I kind of liked. It was, it looked fantastic for a 360 game. It looked stunning. Um, they they kind of changed the the weight of Master Chief a bit. It felt he felt a little bit different to yeah, how he was before. Yeah, he seemed to let himself go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and I kind of liked the the story the way they you know he'd been left drifting in space obviously at the end of Halo Three, um, and I think they they picked it up quite nicely. Um, you know, with this uh, the whole forerunner thing, the story's a bit yeah slightly convoluted, and you do get a bit bored of the same enemies again and again a little bit, but. Um, they, it just, yeah, it was, I don't know, I got well into it. And then the multiplayer, most after the story, I just got so addicted to the multiplayer, I was just coming home from work and putting that on and just playing the multiplayer from 2 o'clock in the morning every single night. Um, it just felt right. It was really good. I loved all the perks, the extra kind of abilities they'd added in. A lot of people, you know, obviously calling it, you know, Call of Duty kind of, uh, kind of version of Halo, which to some extent it is. Uh, but it didn't ruin it for me at all. I quite liked it. I like all little perks. Thanks. There we go. So you're saying that <laughs> Halo 4 is your second favourite Halo, so that means... It is. Halo, Halo 1, ODST. the original... No, no, I've not played ODST, I assume I've not played. The original ah. Halo is definitely my favourite one. I got well, the anniversary Halo... edition of that, and that was awesome. I'm not being racist, on, but Halo yeah. ODST was kind of presented as, you know, take it or leave it side story. And well, that was a lot supposed to be DLC originally. Yeah. That was supposed to be an expansion on its own originally, but... Dirty Bastards. Yeah. 
I didn't I didn't really gravitate towards it, nor did uh, Gareth really. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Was that your way of transitioning to me talking yeah. about Halo Three? Um, do you know what my tactic for Halo 3 was? What was it, mate? Don't shoot anything, just run past it. And I <laughs> did that for the entirety of Halo 3, just because I wanted to see what it was, what all the cutscenes were, and I didn't want to bother shooting anything. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I did. I ran past all the enemies, uh, especially when there was flood, because you can just run past them before the little balls can attach to you or whatever the fuck they do. Yeah. Uh, and then completed that game and was like done. I've done it. I've played all the Halo games. Now I can argue with somebody about Halo and know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I felt really good about myself. But not very good about Halo. <laughs> At least not those first three. I think we're going to talk about some of the extra games now, aren't we? Yeah, well, o- ODST was a lot slower paced. Um, you know, I-, I-, I tried to play it as I do with most games and it just didn't seem to catch me, but... Um, Halo Reach, that was everything that, you know, I thought the Halo game should have been. It's on a much bigger scale, it's kind of... Halo for me has always been sort of little areas that then go off into a narrow corridor and then you're opened up into another area again, where you're free to just kind of enter the battlefield how you please. And this was sort of the um, natural conclusion to all of that and it was it was I thought it was fantastic and Don it was Don's second favourite no third favourite <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was his third favourite Halo and it was like the first Halo that I've actually enjoyed and you know towards the end when the, the music's um, swelling up and it's coming up towards it and everyone's getting ready for the final battle when you're on the is it a pelican yep not not an actual pelican. If no one's played the game before, that would look stupid. Yeah. But yeah, you're going in there and the music's going and you feel like you're ready for the fight. And it, and it's, it was really good. Um, Gareth didn't really get on with it too well. Um, he played it, he picked it up later on, but he wasn't too enamoured with it, were you, Gareth? Well, you know what? Funnily enough, Reach was my favourite of the Halo games that I've played. There we go. Uh, it, it was sort of a shorter campaign, more focused and from beginning to end you know exactly what's going to happen because everyone knows the story of like you know, it's the fall of Reach straight away from the start you know it's the fall of Reach you know that planet's going to get fucked up and so the first like hour or so there's a proper ominous tone which is really effective and they set it up super well, that planet feels sort of a bit creepy and then the whole bit at the beginning where you're like going towards where this distress beacon was and it's all quiet and it's like that's really effective and really well I think what they do with the Halo games is they get too focused on here's a battlefield approach the battle however you want which does like it's more you know it's the call of dutyfication the call of dutyfication of a Halo single player experience dream of call of (laughs) dutyfication so I just had to get my uh, song in today. That was good. It's good. Thank you. Uh, well, you know, uh, a more focused, more linear campaign, as opposed to like just a do whatever you want at any time type thing, was really effective, and they did a really good job with that. You know, they had a very tight, very focused story they wanted to tell. They set up an atmosphere. They told that story, and it was really effective. And one of maybe one of the best endings to a game that I can remember. In yeah, you just time. felt that helpless. You kind of felt. Oh, I'm going to beat everyone and they can't kill me but then you realise there really is no way out of it yeah it's futile which 
is awesome. <coughs> yeah. No other game has really had you experience that before. <laughs> no. Yeah, they pulled it off really, really well. Because you, even though you know that you can't, you know, win effectively, you still didn't feel like you were giving up. Or you know, they they really kept the tension up, right, right to the very end. Yeah, because and, gaming um, uh, traditionally doesn't have you sort of in a battle that you can't win. Yeah. But then there's a bit after, like right at the very, very end, after like all credits had rolled and all the rest of it, you could actually go back to the final level, and it would just be you um, and an infinite number of enemies just spawning in and kind of getting dropped off in dropships. Yeah. And you, and you could just try and kind of it's like an infinite survival mode. You could just try and stay alive as long as possible, but you would always ultimately end up getting overrun. And it was kind of your final stand kind of thing. You could just keep going back to it and trying to survive as long as possible, but ultimately, you know, you would eventually get overrun and and end up dead. Oh. Which uh, it's a metaphor for life for you there, Rob. Um, <laughs> Thanks very much. Yep, just like all those indie games, but uh, oh. on a on a mainstream <laughs> game. And... Yeah, if it had been an indie game, it would have been like the fucking title, wouldn't it? Yeah, would have been <laughs> a mirror. <laughs> yeah, Gareth. Shitty would. mirror online. Oh god, shitty mirror. We all like a shitty mirror. <laughs> uh, and then it went on to Halo Four Three Four's first game in the Android <laughs> series. I was really impressed by it. It, it remains my favourite Halo game. Yeah. There's no other Halo games have been released after it. <laughs> that was a bit of a stupid thing to say. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was really good. Gareth hasn't played it. I ain't Gareth? never played it, bruv. It's weird that you haven't played it. Is it? Yeah. Because okay. it is good, isn't it, Don? It's really, really good. And I, I, the main reason I played through all the the Halo games was for the story. Um, that's always been a you know the big draw for. I like decent stories in games. And for an FPS, I have a decent story with that one. Playthrough. Um, it's fairly rare. I don't know many other FPSs that have that. Um, Call but, of um, Duty. Fuck Call of Duty. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I, the story in Halo Four as well. I, I quite, I quite liked what they did with it. What they did with Cortana and all the rest of it, and uh, trying to save her. Um, I almost don't want to spoil it for people who haven't played it. Don't spoil it for No spoilers. Gareth, he doesn't deserve that. <laughs> and he will get to it one day. If, if it's in the Master Chief collection, he'll come across it when he's got his Xbox One. When it, and he'll feel good about himself. <laughs> yeah, It's a really solid solid game. The shooting mechanics on that are just as good as you know, anything Bungie. Oh. Um, uh, yeah, just excellent, really. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. And I, I really enjoyed it. I thought all all around it was a really good game. It was uh, it just it was nice to play. Really interesting story. Fantastic graphics and cutscenes. Yeah. Cough. Ooh. Hey. Really fantastic cutscenes. Really impressive. And um, it bodes well for the future. It does. Three four three seems to have done a really uh, really good job of uh, taking hold of the franchise and going places with it. Yeah. Um, I've seen a little bit of the Halo 5 Guardians multiplayer beta that was, was released obviously this week. Which is the same as ever, doesn't it? It kind of does. Yeah. I mean, they've added a few new bits and pieces like smart scoping and stuff, uh, which is where basically every weapon has got a scope, even the assault rifle, which will be a bit weird for some people. Yeah. Um, um, but no, if, if, you've, if you've ever played the, I mean, I, the only multiplayer Halo I've really played was Halo, the first Halo on uh, System Link. Um, and uh, Halo 4's multiplayer, which I've played hundreds of hours of. Um, so, and they've, they've really got that nailed pretty solid. Um, as long as they can get the maps right, I know they've, they've you know they've imported some maps from the previous Halos that people seem to like. 
Um, but I, look, I really like the maps on Halo 4. I think you know those ones they designed themselves. They did a really good job of. Because they've obviously put a lot of attention and thought into lines of yeah. sight and obstacles and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, Halo 5 could uh, really do good things. Well, you know, some of the maps in Halo hold legendary status amongst their fans more yeah. than most games do. Most games you just forget the multiplayer maps, but True. there's a lot from each Halo that people hold in such high regard. So that is Halo. That is the past of Halo. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. Um, and even if we did, Gareth wouldn't want us to spoil it for everyone. <laughs> so enough of that business. Let's go to what we've been playing. this week well I say this week I've only really been playing since yesterday and that is Halo the Master Chief Collection now I've got an Xbox One and it's I own the copy of the game I can now say that I like it um, whereas before when it was on original Xbox because I was PlayStation and Sony I had to hate it for no apparent reason <laughs> so you know I didn't get the anniversary Halo Master Chief uh, Halo 1 anniversary edition on the Xbox 360 so this is really the first time I've played Halo 1 and I thought I was going to go into it and hate it and it was going to be really old and really old fashioned and it is, it is old fashioned <laughs> but in a good way I mean for instance in the first 10 minutes I managed to get lost and that was because there's this part where you first meet up and you first get the warthog, okay I don't know if you guys remember that far back, yeah yeah. But you have to help these little, these guys that are kind of surrounded by them. But I didn't help them. I just went straight past. <laughs> and I went into this cave system, which was really wide. And it was only when I was walking around this system for about 10 minutes that I realised that this is probably where the warthog should be. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd just been walking around. So then I realised and I restarted the checkpoint and I helped them at that base. And yeah. then they get on the pelican, and the soldiers get escorted out. And I didn't, and then the warthog gets dropped for you, and then fair enough, that's really nice. Um, but it's just stuff like that that, you know, wouldn't happen now. Yeah, it, it allows you, know, you to, to just bypass that little, you know, bits like that. Yeah, it, won't, it, it won't take, and you won't trigger anything else until you go yeah. back and do certain things. It's true, yeah. Normally you'd get something that comes up in the corner of the screen going, wrong way, wrong way, and then like all these fluorescent disco lights would come down to <laughs> lead you back or a massive arrow will come on the screen telling you which way to go um, but it still feels great to play and I was getting really frustrated but then I realised what it was Gareth what is it it's a thing called challenge and that's what it was that was frustrating me and you have to get out of that mindset that we've sort of brought down our expectations and our level of being challenged for all these new games, even on their harder difficulties. It's like on um, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, I went through it on the hard difficulty, not veteran, but hard, and I just went through it without any difficulty. This I'm playing on Heroic, and it's such a... Um, 
<coughs> every kind of section you have to perform perfectly and the checkpoints are so punishing you'll get put at the beginning of a section and you have to do it all over again and you kind of forget all of these things and it's just so brilliant and it's got me sort of about to throw the control pad which is an emotion that I haven't felt for so long <laughs> and it, it's that kind of challenge that is keeping me going through and the graphics look great and they say oh at any time you can press the select button and you can pull up and make it look like it did when it was first released all those years ago and it, it's not because you know it's still upscaled and it just looks like blocks you know it looks very simplistic <laughs> Minecraft yeah it's it sort of looks like that but it isn't fuzzy it's still clear and crisp and in HD so it's not that bad but when you're playing Halo, you just feel that you're playing a piece of history. And to have the whole collection is so nice. And if you are a big Halo fan, you know, it's the game you've probably been waiting for your whole life. Not your whole life, because if you were 15 when Halo first came out, there was 15 years there where you weren't waiting for Halo. <laughs> so uh, you saw the whole game you're waiting your whole life to play. But, you know, it's... I'm really enjoying it, and I'm not a big, big Halo fan. And I put on the others to have a look, and they they look like they've been given the same sort of care and attention. And that's what I'm saying. You feel like you're playing this grand relic from gaming history, and you really appreciate it, because you can see how gaming's evolved from it. I wouldn't call it ancient design, but, you know, there's bits where there's corridors that last for about half an hour. <laughs> where You'll probably remember it when you get on the ship. <clears throat> the alien ship and it's just literally corridors kind of like doom style yeah. and it would over open and over. a little foyer you'd have a fire and then you'd go back into the tunnels again yeah and they all look the same they all look the same <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's that challenge of you get to the room you clear it out and there's the elites that are invisible and they've got <laughs> plasma swords and they kill you in one hit and they're so fucking annoying and I remembered I remembered that feeling that you don't get anymore and you know you'll, you'll play for 10 minutes at some times and you'll think you're doing really good and then crack an elite that's stealth you can't even see them all you can see is a little shimmer of light and you're getting you know, battered from every angle by all different sorts of other covenant and you don't see it and it just takes you out and you're put back to the beginning of the checkpoint. And you're furious. But you think, right, I'm going to do it this time. And you go, and you use a different tactic. And you'll go in a different way. Or you'll stand in a different area. Or you'll use a tunnel. Or you'll draw them out into the tunnel. And take them out one by one. And it's that kind of thing that, you know, it challenges you. And as a gamer, it kind of wakes up that long, sort of forgotten emotion of challenge right this game's challenging me it wants to test me or this seems virtually impossible i don't know how i'm going to do it and then you do it and you're like wow <coughs> i actually done it and you know this this is a game compilation that that's really good for me at the moment because i'm i'm sort of losing faith in games and i've been saying it for quite a while now and it is like that but it's it's like it's it's i don't know how to explain it well, I do know how to explain it. <laughs> you just did. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's like every room's a challenge. Yeah. And I'm not looking at it as a coherent story. I'm looking at it as multiple challenges 
in different rooms and you know i'm looking forward to halo 2 and i thought you know i'd get it and i'd play halo 4 because i love halo 4 but i thought i'd just have a look at halo 1 first see what that's about i probably won't play much of it but once you get into it and you get into the rhythm rhythm and you acclimatize to it you know it really is a great game and you know we talk about the simplicity of indie games and stuff like that and their one note gameplay but what what it is what their one note gameplay is they perfected it i'd say that's what halo is and now with these sprawling games where you have to go around collecting shoes that are on wires and you have to go and collect so much of so other it's nice to just have a room in front of you not knowing how you're going to get out of it getting killed every 10 seconds thinking i'm never going to be able to do this and then tweaking your gameplay style a little bit yeah and getting through it that's really old-fashioned but again really welcome in this day and age yeah taylor did that the first one especially did that really really well it just yeah. forced you to just you try the same thing again and again go i nearly got it but you still wouldn't and then you just try for a different angle you try taking out a different enemy first you try and grenade yeah. something first instead of shooting it in the head and stuff like that, and you'd find you'd you'd find a way through it. And as you were kind of, if you went back and replayed the game, you'd remember the same tactics for each room. Yeah, and you'd apply that tactic for that. And go right for this room, I need to do this, and for this area, I need to do this. And it would it would kind of force you to do it that. And it yeah, it, was, it put that bit of cerebral. You know, you can't just go in guns blazing, and as long as you've got enough ammo, you're going to win. You've got to think tactically a little bit more. And it, Halo was really really good at that. And, and, and choosing the right weapon as well for Halo became quite important. That's where. And the grenades themselves are pretty much so vital because yeah. I didn't realise that you, you you know every time you go into a room you pick up more grenades um, and it's kind of like they're not just used as something you just lob and hope sort of in Call of Duty or any other first person shooter they're really integral to the kind of you know to take out the bigger enemies take them out then take the grunts out or take the shielded I think they're called jackals yeah you take them out so it's kind of like prioritising the enemies rather than just spraying bullets everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Take them out. And, you know, if you've got an Xbox One and you've never really been a Halo fan or you've never really picked it up for any unknown reason, I'd say if you're bored with the kind of identikit shooters nowadays and you want a bit of a challenge, just pick it up and you won't be disappointed because I've hardly touched the other games on the collection and I thought Halo 1 would be the game that I didn't really bother with. But... Yeah, I'm really impressed with it, and there's a, there's an atmosphere to it, of you know, and it's grand, and you feel like you are playing a piece of gaming history, and you can see where it's evolved from. But at the same time, you can judge it on its own qualities and what it is, and you can't insult it because it's still extremely playable. And I think for a first-person shooter from 12 years ago, that's an, a phenomenal achievement because they're the games that seem to age the worst, really, first-person shooters. <clears throat> yes, I mean, Halo, I mean, you're quite right. Halo also kind of kicked off a few trends of its own that then picked up everywhere else. I think it was the first one that kind of started this ability where you can only have two weapons at a time. You yeah, can't just have an unlimited load. You know, you can, can't go like 50 weapons like you could in Doom and yeah. just flick through them all. It was the one where it forced you to make a choice of the weapons you could carry. Yeah, and obviously that changes your tactics as well. How you know how close you can get to the enemies, how much ammo you're going to have, what the effects of it are. Like if you choose a needler, you know, and all that kind of stuff over, over a DMR, say, and you know, yeah, you can't get too close to the needler when you shot it into <clears> someone. It's not really a close range weapon. Yeah, and and having to 
And if you're using, you know, UNSC weapons, you've got to, you know, you're not going to get ammo drops from Killing Covenant because they obviously oh. use different weapons. So you got to check your ammo and all that kind of stuff. All that sort of tactical stuff was really sort of um, a bit more groundbreaking for its time, and it certainly got picked up by everybody else that followed and uh, and took that. And now every shooter you see has got that kind of. You can only pick up a limited number of weapons and only switch yeah. between two or three. It's, and, you know, it really started that off. But it is, and, and you, you can really see how groundbreaking it was when you go back to it, um, because it still feels kind of fresh. And, you know, you get a game like Call of Duty where you pick up and every other weapon only seems slightly different from one another. Yeah. But in this, they've all got their own uses, and you can use them to your advantage in any particular situation. But yeah, I'd, I'd really recommend anyone that's got an Xbox One to pick it up, give it a go, and you might be surprised. Don't go into it thinking it's going to be a AAA blockbuster, but it's going to be a game that challenges you, and it gives you that one more go, and yeah, brilliant game. And uh, I'll have more on it next week, so I can say I've only been playing it for a day or so. But the second game I've played that I've completed is Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Um, it's It's... Uh, I, I've always said that I'm a fan of the Call of Duty uh, single player um, and this has probably got one of the best single players. A lot of people have been saying that, you know, after the disappointment of the last few ones that they really needed to step it up and they have. And, you know, Kevin Spacey's brilliant in it. You know, he's really commanding and um, <laughs> his characters sort of, it, it, it echoes a lot of the kind of Hitler um, and what he, he... No, it does. It's a similar to what they the Jew, they tried to do to the Jews, the Germans, whereas anyone that's imperfect, they kind of done it. And there's, it's quite controversial at times. And, you know, there's sort of concentration camps that are similar. And I think a lot of people that go into it, they probably wouldn't expect it to be on that deeper level. Mm-hmm. But it, it does echo sort of Hitler and his ideologies, um, Kevin Spacey, but it's never played in a stupid way where you think, oh, this is a bit insensitive. It's like, what would happen if someone had those same sort of ideologies in the future? You know, could someone get away with that? And it really makes you think. But the gameplay is brilliant as usual, and all of the set pieces are great, and you never feel bored. Um, like I said, I don't play on the online, basically because my sanity... Um, but yeah it's a fantastic game the shooting's impeccable the the new grenades you think that they're going to be sort of ruinous to the game uh, where they just home in on the target but you know they're not and and you still have to be looking in the general direction for it to go after someone and it's just that kind of Hollywood blockbuster you can put in play and for 10 hours or so it takes to complete you're not going to be disappointed and it's just, it's an antidote to all the other games. And, you know, Call of Duty's never made sort of aspirations to say that it's going to change gaming. And a lot of people give it uh, flack for what it does. But, you know, they never come out and say, you know, we're going to make this fun to really change gaming and change how everyone thinks about gaming as a whole. They just get together once a year or whatever the turnaround period is and make a kick-ass AAA big-budget game. And I don't mind that. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I just don't like the community, and I think the community is what brings it down, not the game itself. So that's 
that's the only problem I think it's got because the, the the community can be quite vile. It can. <coughs> yeah. I mean the but, the stereotype of the American teenager who tells yeah. you he's going to shag your mum down a headset is uh, it comes from somewhere. Yeah, but that's the, the problem. Like you could put it on at any time. I could say, oh, it's just a stereotype, blah blah. But you put it on, and um, in an hour, you're going to end up in a room with people like that. Yeah. And, you know, it's an inevitability. It's not a probability. It's inevitable that you'll go to play it online and you'll you'll hear people insulting each other's mums, talking about rape or talking about how they own someone. And, you know, when you're an adult, you, that's not what, where you want to spend your time. And people say, oh, mute the mic. But then what's the point? What's the point in playing a cooperative online shooter when you're just going to be doing it yourself? So... Really, the appeal of online gaming's gone from me from there. But yeah, that's what I've been playing this week. That's Absolutely cool. loved Call of Duty. I um I didn't realise <coughs> until this past week that um the main player character in that game is um Troy Baker. Yeah. Who is a uh, you know he's done the voices of like the main character in Shadow of Mordor, Booker DeWitt in Bioshock Infinite. He's um, okay. Joel in The Last of Us as well. So he's a guy who's like. He's been doing incredible work for years now in video games, but yeah. he's never really like had his face be the face. Oh, so it's actually his face. Yeah, it's like his face actually scanned in. He's actually acting opposite Kevin Spacey, like in a motion capture. Like, yeah. like good for him, man. Somebody finally put him up front and centre instead of like posting yeah, voice. his voice onto some video game character's face. Now it's him. He's acting opposite, like a multiple award winning actor like good for him he fucking deserves that shit he's paid his dues where's Nathan Drake man gone um Nolan North he's yeah. he's the voice of the enemy in um Shadow of Mordor so we're still kicking about wow. they're, they're really battling them two now yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Don what have you been playing this week uh I've uh, <clears throat> surprisingly just uh, played a little bit of Destiny oh this great week. <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, but I, yeah, I'm just basically going through trying to do things like that I haven't done yet, like the raid, um, getting gangs of uh, gangs. Yeah, why not? Be a gang. <laughs> gangs of six of us together, lighting our torches and grabbing our pitchforks and going down uh, <laughs> on the raid. What? What? <laughs> um, <laughs> the raid is basically yeah, it's a it's a six player. Um, non-matchmaking um, special kind of mission that is ultra hard. There's no instructions on how to actually complete it. It's got enemies you've not seen before in it. Um, Much like going down in real life. Yep, yeah, exactly. Uh, so yes, yeah, so it's got little puzzle bits you've got to work out. You've Say got to work that, Gareth, to the team but, and all that kind you know, of stuff. If you ask the woman what they like in that situation, don't be embarrassed, guys, to ask because all women like different things. Like, Gareth's girlfriend might like something different from Don's. You know, there is no sort of one way well, to yeah. do Well, yeah, I mean, my, my girlfriend likes hair. Don's girlfriend yeah. likes short men. So there you go. There's, oh, there's... <laughs> there was no need for that. I'm sorry. And she likes That's... the feeling of a of hair draped across her inner fires. Do you sometimes <laughs> get your hair caught up in her kind of area? In her vaginal cavity or in her pubic weave? In a, in a in a vaginal cavity no, because no, no. when you're doing it you must your hair must go over your face and get all in your mouth <laughs> what I don't know carry on Don sorry 
<laughs> oh, oh god uh, yeah I'm just describing what the raid is so yeah it's just an ultra hard thing six players non-matchmaking so you've got to do it with friends that you know on PSN and um, yeah it, there's no instructions on how to do it there's just a shitload of really hard enemies in uh, slightly weird places that you've not been through before it's a new area there's a new raid coming in the DLC that's coming as well so they're going to be adding a few of these it's just a mega challenge really and it's something for the people who've leveled up uh, pretty much all the way um, to uh, to keep them interested in the game and it's uh, it's cool it's, it's good to have you know a bunch of mates doing it it's a good laugh really apart from anything else uh, plus you get a shitload of good gear hopefully um, that drops from it uh, but that's really that's really all I've, I've been doing really just a bit of uh, a bit of destiny at some point in the rest of my life I hope to play other games um, yeah but that's it so what have you been playing Gareth? <laughs> I've been playing let me count one two four things this week Jesus you gamer I'll t- <laughs> thanks I'll start with what is probably universally going to be agreed is the worst thing I've played which is WWE Supercard on the mobile phone good lord it's a card collecting game where the cards have pictures of wrestlers on and then your cards fight your opponent's cards. What what is it that inspires you to download such a thing? Oh, he just loves cards, doesn't he? You love, love wrestling though, don't you? You're a wrestling fan. I like wrestling, I like cards. Gareth, can I ask you something about wrestling? I was supposed to ask you the other day. You can ask I me didn't want to come across as anything about wrestling that you want to ask me. Well, I can download the WWE Network thing, but it doesn't seem to be active. Mm-hmm. They cancelled it. Sorry? They cancelled it in the UK. They can't work out a deal. Oh, fuck off. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate. I was they... so looking forward to that. A couple, a couple, well, like a week ago now, they said like, uh, I think it was November 3rd. Yeah. They said, November 3rd, the WWE Network is coming out 8pm UK time. And then at like 7.45, they posted a message that was like, we had to cancel it. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> So, I was actually because I love the history of wrestling, and I, I made my girlfriend. We kind of buy sort of box sets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, oh, having an on-demand service where you can just browse the history and have all of this stuff would be excellent. But yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, people aren't happy about it, no, <laughs> as you could probably imagine. Oh, sorry, that's just me going through a bag. Carry on, Gareth. Of course. <laughs> um, what's the same? Oh yeah, so it's it's basically top trumps. Uh, each wrestler has four numbers on it, and those numbers are power, toughness, speed, and charisma. And then you uh, you pick one to go in the ring, depending on which number you have to have represented. So uh, that's pretty much as deep as that gets. <laughs> nice, nice. It's completely free though, and it's it's not like other free to play games where you know you'll have a certain amount of energy. Then when you use that energy, you have to either wait like ten minutes to use yeah. some more, or you. Yeah. I know, I know what you're saying, Gareth. It doesn't, it doesn't have that. Um, no. Which is good because that is a whole different kind of bullshit. That is, mate. That is. Um. It's just, I don't know, something about it just keeps you coming back. Like, every game, whether you win or you lose, you'll get new cards. 
and you can uh, feed cards to other cards to increase that card's power. Oh, card cannibalism. Basically, yeah. So, you know, you'll get, I don't know, let's say a Stone Cold Steve Austin, and you're like, I want this card to be more powerful. So you just feed it a few cards, and then its level will go up, which increases its stats, makes it a better card with which to card with. And, Gareth, uh, can you tell us about another game, please? <laughs> I can definitely do that. <laughs> Thank you. And I will do. Uh, I was right getting now. scared of that. We were just talking about feeding cards to each other. You don't want me to tell you about my uh, pro super rare Cesaro? Oh yeah, go on then, actually. He's got a 189 power. Pretty good. What? Yeah. I got a super rare Triple H. You can never do anything... You can't do 189. It has to be something out of 100. No, it doesn't. (laughs) Is what I say to that. Okay. My uh, my super rare Triple H, the picture of Triple H, he's got a sledgehammer in both hands. That's wow. how serious he is about being a uh, super rare. Anyway, so WWE Supercard is free on your mobile phone. Don't get it. <laughs> it was a mistake that I got it. Because now I'm just playing it all the time. And I'm not enjoying myself. Um, I played more Magic the Gathering, but that was just, just to finish off the last few things. I got through That's all the content, class, yeah, I got through all the content in that game in a very short amount of time, which I was kind of surprised about. Those games are usually pretty good, uh, uh, like teaching new players how to play Magic, and I remember the, the first one that came out, uh, on Xbox Live a couple of years ago, I remember playing that for just ages having a great time playing Magic the Gathering against the computer but no this seems like they've just been making that same game for years to the point where now I can just sort of blaze through it in no time at all and that's a bit disappointing um so I played that I played Borderlands the pre-sequel nice had a good time very Australian isn't it Gareth it's incredibly Australian <laughs> Which I really, really enjoy. Um, that game's getting really good. Uh, it's just, it's definitely more of the same uh, in terms of mechanics and gameplay. But the setting's interesting. The characters are interesting. I actually really enjoy the story. I've not quite completed it. I think we're like an hour or so away. But if the story's going where I think it's going, then it's sort of puts Borderlands 2 in a whole new light that's quite interesting. Um, yeah. Something's already happened in the game where it kind of makes you rethink Handsome Jack as an enemy, which is pretty cool. Well, we all started off as children. You know, like, even Hitler was once just, like, a child going around and just be like, you know And he went to school and, you know, people don't get born absolute maniacs. That's true, I guess. I'm not talking maybe (laughs) that far back. But yeah, there's definitely an event that happens where you think, oh, maybe I kind of get why Jack would be the bad guy. Is it rape? No. What what kind of question? (laughs) That's the title of this week's episode. Is it rape? (laughs) (laughs) No, because that would be like the only real thing that would turn me into a maniac. (laughs) Getting or giving? Um, 
No, because you'd have to already be a maniac to give it. Okay, so if someone just raped you, you would just go over yes. the edge. No, but you would want justice, wouldn't you? Probably, And if no yeah. one was going to give it, you would go and seek it out yourself. Punisher style. No, um, the accused style with Jodie Foster. Just throw Jodie Foster at him. Hit him in the face no. with her. Accused isn't a funny film, Gareth. It's not a comedy. Oh, I've never Have seen it. Have you seen it? it? No, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, read the synopsis and then tell me that you were right in saying that about Jodie Foster. All right, remember that for next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll read the synopsis. <laughs> and if anyone's seen it, Gareth, was, um, you were ignorant, weren't you, towards what it was? I, I fully hold my hands up. If I was ignorant, then I apologise. Yeah. This has got off topic. What was I yeah, talking about? That almost never happened. The pre-sequel. Oh yeah, of course. Why wouldn't we be talking about rape after Borderlands? Um, I really like Borderlands. I want to keep playing it, but I've had Shadow of Mordor to keep playing. Uh, Go on, Gareth. Which I finally started finding that game fun. Yeah. It took me a while, mainly because... There's an incredibly huge gameplay mechanic they don't give you until about 10 hours in, which makes the game, like, many, many times better. What, uh, what, what one's that? Branding. Oh, yeah, we got one their forehead. Yeah, like, yeah. basically, branding lets, peop- lets you turn orcs to fight for you, but it's more than just, um, like, a power-up. Every orc you turn, it's permanent, so you're slowly t- turning like the um, population of Mordor to fight for you as part of your army. And that feels awesome, that feeling of running through an area you've been before and looking at the minimap and seeing, like, there are some red, like, enemies about, yeah, but intermixed with those, uh, so, uh, some blue enemies, which are enemies under your control... Which yeah, are just... at the same time, you then realise that it makes absolutely no difference. Well, I've not got to that point yet. I'm still having fun. And that is the bit that will make you furious, because you're doing all of this, expecting it to be like, yeah, I've got my army now, I've got my army. I was talking about this a few weeks ago. You've got your army now, Gareth. You are excited, you are ready, you're going to take on Middle Earth. <laughs> then it happens, and you will be so pissed. Well, I mean, if, if what this game's setting up actually happened, there would be no Lord of the Rings. So, obviously, something's going to happen to thwart all the stuff that's happening in this game. But until then, I'm kind of enjoying the ride. I like being in a fight and in the middle of the fight, like, taking over people. So then instead of being it like, like 9 versus 1, it's now 6 versus 3. And then when I get a good combo score up, I can turn a few more. And then it's like, now it's 6 versus 3 for me. And all of a sudden, I'm... The one in control of the fight and the enemies are getting oh, out fucked up, and that's that's a really cool feeling because up until the point where you kind of get that ability, you've been like, you know, fifteen enemies versus you, and two of them are ward lords and they're super powerful, yeah. and you're just getting absolutely hammered. You, I like in games when I can feel powerful as fuck when when thirty guys versus just me doesn't feel like unfair when it feels like okay now the odds are even, you know. I like that feeling of power, and the game just gave it to me like 10 hours in, uh, in the yeah. form of this new ability, and it, it just started clicking once I got that, the fun started happening, 
it, I have like decisions to make now instead of just in a fight. Okay, I just execute everyone as soon as I can just to finish this fight. But now you don't it's like know because all the decisions are futile. Well, okay, but I don't know that yet. That's the thing. It's like I'm actually telling you, but you're still going about it. I know, because it's fun, you know? If you're in a fight and there's a berserker in the fight, you're like, oh, I want to turn that berserker. So then you like you start fighting in a more passive way so you can get behind this guy and hit him with a brand. So then he starts fighting for you. you but it's like watching that's... someone, right, Okay. chasing a rainbow mm-hmm. and getting to the end of the rainbow and going, you know what, when I get to the end of this rainbow, I'm going to find a pot of gold. And you haven't got the heart to kind of tell them that, you know, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Everything that you're doing, there is no great outcome or reward. But if every ten feet towards the end of the rainbow there was, like, a Snickers, you'd be like, oh, that's all right. You'll have enjoyed the journey. Yeah, but then you'll become morbidly obese by the end of it. (laughs) Every ten feet. You don't have to eat them, necessarily. Oh, just collect them. Maybe give them to charity. Maybe. Who knows? But my point is... I may not enjoy the destination when I get there, but until then, I've started enjoying the journey. Uh, a bit like sex. <laughs> a little bit, I guess. Because, you know, when you've finished and you're looking at each other and it's a bit awkward and you have to go in the bathroom and put your, clean your penis in a sink and you, it's all like, you know, this is all the kind of stuff in porn that you don't see after or the woman sort of having to empty uh, cavities oh. of what you've given her. You know, that's all that, oh, we, we tend not to want to talk about it unless it's on the podcast. <laughs> even then, and some of us don't want to talk about it. Even that. then, even then, some of us <laughs> don't want to talk about it. Oh. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's exactly sort of similar to Shadow of Mordor. Wow, that is that is a graphic comparison. And that should have been on the back of the box. Oh. <laughs> 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 But yeah, I'm I'm starting to like that game. I at first, you may remember last week, I was like, "Why are people saying this is like a game of the year contender?" You were very cynical, weren't you? I was, but then I hit the point where you get branding as an option, yeah. and all of a sudden, I can see that game maybe being top five for the year for me, depending on wow. the next few hours of playing it. Because I'm I'm getting, I assume I'm getting close towards the end now, um, and. You know, you've set. I feel like you've set my hopes so low that I can't possibly be disappointed now. No, you can. Okay. <laughs> Literally, it's that bad. That well, even we'll if you see. set your you, you set your um, expectations to the lowest they could be, then you still would be disappointed because there's you can't go low enough. Are you buttering toast? I am. Because I haven't eaten, have I? You know what I'm like. That sounds like some very, very well done toast. Well, oh, it is, mate. And I take pride in my toast, though. <laughs> right. Gareth, I bet you've got, um, Don's got one of these poncy toasters, like the Longi or something like that. <laughs> you reckon? Yeah. Why, why would I have a Ponzi de Longhi toaster? You've had it a while, but you know when you, you used to think you were it. <laughs> you used to go around buying all that stuff. I don't know why people pay like 120 pounds for a toaster. <laughs> Jesus. Don't uh, act like you don't know, Don. Look, don't knock a good toaster. Some of the, the best ones cost a lot of money. Mate, I would never knock a toaster. <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs> 
Well, so Gareth, <laughs> is that about it for today? Because I'm going to go and watch The Walking Dead. <laughs> yep, that's enough for me. <laughs> that's enough from you. Sorry about my sex and allergy and stuff like that today. <laughs> it's quite, it's quite all right. We, we can tell where your mind's at. <laughs> you can just take it out. That's what she said. <laughs> all right then. Well, thank you everyone for listening to the Game Central podcast number 42. Uh, everyone have a great evening, day or morning, depending when you're listening to it. It's goodbye from Don. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Gareth. Bye-bye. Go and pick up an episode of the Master Chief collection or the game. I don't know what you do. And enjoy your weekend. Ha <laughs> ha!